learn a habit seven, you have to learn it seven, you have to hear it seven times and begin to do it seven times in a row. You should actually start practicing every day. Peace be still. Peace be still. I muzzle you, devil. Amen. So the storm, why did the storm come? The storm came because Jesus was landing on the other side of the sea. He had an assignment on the other side of the sea. As soon as his feet landed in Mark chapter 5, it says the demoniac who was out of his mind, right? The one that Jesus cast legion out of. It came, fell at Jesus' feet, and the demon started to say, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? Leave us alone, please, right? And Jesus said, shut up. I muzzle you, demon. Right? He said, go. He said, go. So, Jesus demonstrated authority in the picture, but the cause was that there was a man who would be awakened so profoundly by the presence of God. That one man, it says later in Mark 7, when Jesus and the disciples came back through, that one man, it says that he began to witness, right? The Scripture says that he wanted to originally go with Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you stay here and you go tell him what happened to you. They all know that you were out of your mind. They all know that you wanted to kill yourself. They all know. But when you go tell them that peace came into your life, that a man that was out of his mind suddenly is in his mind in the peace of Christ. And he says, right? He he speaks and he, he witnesses. He says, this is what peace did to my life. Right? The whole It says the whole region came back to Jesus. And so, why does the storm come into your life? The storm is because the enemy knows what you're about to become. The enemy knows that if you truly hear what is possible and what is coming and what the Lord's going to do and, and what the Lord has planned for you, the enemy knows that you're going to grow that you're going to impart, that your vessel, your metron, is going to bubble over because you have a story of being victorious in the battle. Amen? Amen. You see, this metron thing is is the real deal. And your metron will grow, okay? Romans 12.3 says, You have been given a measure, a metron, and that metron can increase. So you're not limited You're given a start. You're on a starting line. You're not limited by God. You're given enough to start. Right? And Jesus said that whatever you sow, right, you will reap. So if you sow and you receive the the grace that you receive, you give, guess what? Right? The metron, the beaker, this this, uh, chemistry experiment called your vessel, your bucket, begins to overflow. Amen? I remember um, I was I was in India. Um, I think it was 2017, and um, I was on a Sunday. And so on Sundays, usually they you know they drive you. They want you to do three, four, maybe five churches. And man, I was whooped. I was on like church number four, and we get in a car, and, on, and we're going right. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, Lord, what are we doing next? And I get this I get this word of knowledge, and the Lord says, I want you to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. And I get this vision. I'm not going to tell the whole vision, but the the punchline is 
you're going you're gonna to pray for a woman with the issue of blood. And so I'm going through my Bible. Um, I get up, I get up, and they introduce me, and I start to speak. And as soon as I start to speak, I talk, I start to say the woman with the issue of blood, the pastor's wife, is she, she's sitting in the front row and she starts to, she's bent over and she starts to cry. And I'm like, what, what's, what's going on here, right? And I mean, she's crying and I'm, I'm talking about the woman with the issue of blood and, you know, Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood and, you know, I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I'm, I'm flowing with what the Spirit of God's talking to me about, right? And all of a sudden, the pastor's wife gets up and runs to the back and like four other women run out with her. And I hear this, this, this crying, right? There's this, I don't know, I can't even describe it. It's just like this, everybody, everybody in the church is looking, they're looking at me, they're looking in the back, they're looking at me, and I'm trying to keep it together, right? And um, the next thing you know, one of the women come, comes through the door who was out with the pastor's wife. And she comes and she whispers. She whispers to the, to the, uh, to the pastor. And, and then she starts talking to other people. And I, I like pause. And I'm, I start asking my interpreter questions. And I said, what's going on? And uh, we literally stopped. We're, we're like this. We're in the middle of the church. My interpreter gets down. And everybody's standing up at this point. Everybody's like commotion everywhere. The pastor's like, like he looks like deer in the headlights. And all, all of a sudden, the woman, the pastor's wife comes back through the door and everybody's like, like, no way, no way. And the, my interpreter comes back and, and uh, he says, you're not going to believe this, but that woman bled for like two decades She's healed. She stopped bleeding. And the reason the reason she was she was bent over is she was being touched by the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh my God, go God, right? Go God. And I'm telling you the story because it's an example of a metron, right? A measuring rod. I mean, I don't know why the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about a woman with an issue of blood. All I was is faithful in speaking what the Lord spoke to me and somehow the woman who the Lord was speaking to. And guess what? The whole church got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen? I mean, come on, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay! (laughs) So, you know, your Mitron, as the Lord takes you through fiery trials, that fiery trial will test your heart, but it actually is expanding the container. No, I refuse you, devil. No, I refuse you, doctor's diagnosis. No, I refuse you, psychologist's diagnosis. No, I refuse you, world who's putting fear on me. No, I refuse you. Amen? And so the deeper you pull to have your vessel filled... That pull, that ah! Anybody have an ah in their prayer life? Right? Ah! That's actually the expansion of your vessel. Ah! My wife thinks I'm crazy sometimes. I'm down. I'm down there rolling around on the ground, punching the wall. Come on, devil! Ah! Right? But that time of testing, that time of challenge of your enemy. I know it feels, you know, we all don't, we all don't like 
those times. But those times actually grow you and expand you. Your metron actually grows. Amen? So I told you about you're given a measure. Romans 12.3 says you've been given a measure, a metron. It's the, word, the, the word measure is the word metron. That can be increased. Why, why can it be increased and how can it be increased is the question. Right? Matthew 7 verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure, metron, you carry, it shall be measured back to you. Okay? Now there's different contexts and different meanings of this scripture. You can use it for money. You can use it... Um, I like to use this scripture in the context of you are sowing the judgment of Christ, right? That's what he says. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you carry, it shall be measured to you again. So, as you're in this battle, get this picture, guys. As you're in this battle... And fear is real, right? You're trembling at night. You've got these thoughts going on in your life. You can't stop them. You roll out of bed because you're not a victim, right? It's the, the, the alarm is sounding. You roll out of bed and you go downstairs in your prayer room, in your war closet, and you begin to say, peace be still. And it still doesn't get peaceful. But you say, peace be still. I command you, devil, leave my life. I command you, leave in Jesus' name. I say, peace be still. And you fight, and you pray, and you push, right? Guess what's happening? The measure that you judge with, because you chose not to judge like the world, you chose not to accept the fear, you feel it, but you don't accept it. So you're judging according to the promise. You're releasing the promise out of your mouth, right? And out of your mouth, you are actually sowing into your own life. Are you with me, church? You're actually sowing His promise because Jesus says, with the measure you judge, it will return to you. You will grow in the midst of the battle. You see, you look at battles completely different when you actually recognize that sometimes... I see, if I could whistle, I'd whistle right now. Sometimes the Lord whistles up a little enemy. Something... He, now, now, get me. Don't get me wrong. He does not give you sickness and disease, right? Sickness and disease is not, is not of, of God. But sometimes there are times... Was David led onto the battlefield with Goliath? Right? There's all kind of battles listed throughout the Scripture. And the men who overcame, the men who conquered in the midst of the battle grew. Guess what? Their metron grew. Because they did not succumb to the fear and the intimidation and the lies of evil. They actually sowed the kingdom of God. They actually preached it. They, they spoke it. They believed God and it was returned to them. Their metron grew. Right? So... Again, in, in Mark 4.24, take heed what, what measure you judge. For what you judge with more shall be given. It's the same concept, right? So it doesn't mean don't judge. The church was never meant to be silent. Because the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. It's voice driven. And the worst thing there is, is a silent church. 
The most powerful force on the earth is a church that knows their identity in Christ and knows that the promise of God is theirs for the taking. They as a church are a Mitron, and together you cry out, you pray, you intercede, you dominate the landscape instead of the landscape dominating you. So you could say as an individual or as a church that your destiny, your next year, your next two years, your next five years is a product of your prayer life. Right? The ease at which you enter into your next battle and overtake your next battle is dependent upon how you embrace the current one. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. The ease with which you face your next level, your next devil, your next principality, your next enemy is dictated at the way you recognize that you grow in the midst of the battle. Right? Amen? Amen? Remember, the Lord said, do not fear. He said it over 350 times throughout the Bible. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not allow your heart to fear. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be afraid. That's a command. Don't let it be afraid. Expect in me, expect in me, expect in me. Amen? You see, your growth is simply about your expectation. No matter how dire the situation, no matter how crisscrossed your relationships are, if you dig into the Holy Ghost and you believe that the measure that you judge with, it will return to you, your life will be centered around what the Lord has promised you. Amen? So where do you spend your time? Amen. You see, we're called to judge. Jesus said in Mark 16 that you will judge. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. You're judging the darkness. In my name, you will prophesy. What's prophecy? Prophecy is the destiny that God has for people replacing the darkness that the enemy has put on people. The gifts are about judgment, guys. Every gift of the Spirit is is literally about that knowing the heart of God, He is for you, not against you. That the blood of Jesus has paid the price for all people. They don't get cleaned up before they get the blood. They get the blood and then Jesus cleans them up. Right? And if we judge the way Jesus equipped us to judge, we'll be running around prophesying, casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. Amen? Changing the destinies and lives of people. You know, some of the greatest battles and experiences I had in the early days was the Lord revealing to me what I had to fight. Amen? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of what you have to fight. Every one of us have a fight. And what you conquer in your prayer life, in your own personal deliverance, will manifest around you. Amen? Amen. India didn't exist before the battles in the early 2000s. Amen? India didn't just come because a guy laid hands on me and he said I would go to the nations. It was the battles against fear and condemnation and shame and guilt and every evil force that tried to limit me was conquered in a prayer room. My, prayer, my, my Mitron, my bucket didn't grow simply through 
in a church setting or simply because of where I sat or who I was with, my bucket was expanded in my war cry. My bucket was expanded when I said, I muzzle you, demon. I muzzle you, generational curse. I muzzle you. I muzzle you. I muzzle you. I will not let you dictate that my children are going to follow and do what I did. No way. Come on. Am I talking to somebody here tonight? You see, your battle is not about you being a victim. Your battle is about your promotion. Amen? Your battle is the place where you will see the peace of Christ show up in your life so profoundly that, my God, the judgment of God coming back to you, right? The expansion of the kingdom in your own life because you refused the fear and you said, peace be still. It can't be that simple, can it? That you would have one revelation that you don't have to be a victim of fear. Amen? Amen? I was praying with a guy today. (laughs) I was praying with a guy today who struggled with fear all his life. We had a little bit of a talk. We had a little bit of a pep talk about Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And that, you know, there's a scripture in, in, in the book of Timothy. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Right? Begin to pray, lay my hands on him. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, what's that in my belly? Oh, my gosh. And oh, my gosh, I feel different. Oh, I feel peace, right? Come on, man. It's real. The kingdom is real. Come on. I I know there's people in here who struggle with fear. Come on. You're lying to me. I've been been in in enough groups of people to know that the number one issue or one of the top issues is fear. The Lord says it for a reason. You know why? Because Satan has no authority over you. The only authority Jesus, the only authority that Satan has over you is the authority you give him. And there's two ways in, you, in which you fail. If you lay silent, you are letting the intimidation rule you. Amen? And the other way is if you actually judge in darkness, meaning that you actually embody unforgiveness, you embody bitterness, you embody hate, you embody anger, you embody the brokenness that's in, in the curse, right? If you, if you actually function in that, you're actually giving your authority to Satan. Because Jesus said, I've given you a metron, I've given all of you who've received my blood, I've given you all a measure... Right? Romans 12.3, I've given you all a measure. I've given you. I've not held anything back. I've given you enough to fight. And I've given you a promise that whatever measure you judge with, it shall come back and expand you and increase you and take you out. <laughs> take you out of the place of woundedness and brokenness and inability and failed marriage and all the cursed stuff and take you into promise. There will be a victory. So it comes, it comes down to authority. So if Jesus holds all keys, how many keys does Satan have? One? Does he hold five? But Satan's scary, man. Satan's scary like that fear comes in my room. I feel it at night. It's real. But guess what? All he can do is intimidate you. Just like Adam and Eve. 
The only authority that you that Satan has is what you refuse to use. And if it doesn't come out of your mouth to actually embrace the kingdom and say, peace be still and confront the enemy, guess what? If you lay there silent and that thing's chirping in your ear, some of you have laid there as a child, a victim of fear. And then you got in your teens, anxiety, depression, despair. And then you got in your 20s, trying meds, doing whatever it takes, still a victim of that thing whispering into you. And then you get in your 30s and despair kicks in. It's like it's never going to leave. But then Jesus shows up and He says, I've given you my judgment power. Behold, I give you authority to tread on the serpent and the scorpion and nothing shall by any means harm you. Right? And you have this revelation and you get the point. It's like, oh my goodness. Peace be still, devil! Do you ever cast a demon out of yourself? Come on, I, if, if you've never cast a demon out of yourself, I mean, literally, I, I mean, are you, are you in a battle? Are you judging? There's no such thing as clean Christians, okay? There's no such thing as a, as a perfect Christian. We're always in deliverance. We're always in battles. The Lord, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I mean, the Lord's always talking to me. Yeah, you know that thing? We're going to attack that now. We're going to address this now. We're going to go after this thing now. You know that curse that your dad struggled with? We're going after that now. All right, baby. Peace be still. Let's go, baby. We're fasting. We're praying. We're going in the garden. We're there all night. We're doing what we got to do because the Lord says we're picking a fight. Come on, the Lord has the Lord been unctioning you? It's time to pick a fight. Come on, did he, did he, is He unctioning you? Open your mouth and take your authority over the enemy. Don't be a victim. Don't lay there silent. Don't be like Adam and, and, and give in to the seduction. Well, well, Eve said so and she believed it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, how do I wrap this up? Um, so I want to tell you about a, a dream real quick. Um, you know, the word Goliath, it actually means the word soothsayer. Okay? Goliath stood on that battlefield embodied in witchcraft, embodied in sorcery. Okay? So, soothsayer actually means to curse the people. Okay? Some of you have listened to CNN more than you listen to the Holy Ghost, and it's, can I tell you, it's cursing you? Goliath, the voice of darkness, literally was releasing a fear on the nation of Israel, all the soldiers, including King Saul, trembling, right? And some boy anointed in the Holy Ghost comes onto the battlefield and says, This day, I'm taking your head. This day, I'm taking your head. I don't care if I die on this battlefield, but I will not be like the rest of them who sit up on the side claiming to know the King of Kings and sit there and shake. I will either die with my voice or I will win and release a nation from the bondage of fear. Amen? And what happens? David's actually prophesying over that giant. Right? And he says, this day I'll take your head. Do you, do you know the top five things right now? That the Lord is unctioning you to say, this day I'm taking your head. 
I am, I, I know for the last two decades what my mom struggled with, what my grandma st- struggled with, right? Do you have those lists that you tolerate? You know, Jesus doesn't like tolerance. He actually comes to the church of Thyatira, the, the church ruled by Jezebel, and he says, I have this against you, that you tolerate Jezebel, the seductress. Just like the soothsayer, speaking fear and intimidation over the people, and you tolerate it, right? Come on, what are you tolerating? I'm asking you the question because the Lord, in order for the Lord, for the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, you have to say, I refuse to accept what the world and the curse of my forefathers was. I believe the promise of God. Peace be still. Peace. Peace is my weapon. It is, it is what I love. It is what I need. It's what I desire. And when I don't have it, I know I'm being drawn into prayer. Right? I refuse to walk without my vessel overflowing with peace. Amen? Amen. And so in this dream, the Lord, the Lord gave me this download in this dream. And in this dream, um, I'm standing on the battlefield and I'm watching David cut the head off of Goliath. Okay? And all of a sudden I look to my left and I see this angel and he's got a sword in his hand and he's, he's, he's standing over Goliath's right hand. He chops off the right hand, he picks it up, and he, hand, he puts the hand in front of me like this. And there's five words written on, on the hand. Down the middle is the word fear. The, the, the big, the, the big your, whatever that long finger is called. Um, your index, yeah, that finger. The pinky um, has the word evil foreboding. You know what an evil foreboding is? Proverbs 15, 15 says that there, that Darkness carries a presence. Anybody feel heaviness? Despair? Those are spiritual things. They're spiritual. In the book of Isaiah, in in Isaiah 61, it says, Instead of heaviness, I give you the oil of joy, the anointing of joy. Right? In place of the spirit, I give you a different spirit. In place of the heaviness, the presence of evil, I give you joy. Right? And so... The thumb has the word intimidation. You know what intimidation is, right? Intimidation is actually fear coming out of the mouth of the demonic realm. Anybody hear voices? Anybody hear whispers? Anybody hear things that drive you batty? Right? And written in the middle was the word uh, chaos on the hand. And down around the, 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 uh, the wrist is the word pain. And so... Fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding is meant to cause chaos in your life and keep you in pain. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I get the picture. I get this picture, right? You get the picture? The hand of the soothsayer, Goliath, is to reach into your life to create chaos through fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding. And it creates pain. Anybody have pain you're dealing with right now? Come on, do I have the right crowd? Come on. Have you accepted the pain and the chaos? Do you, have you been convinced by your enemy that you're the crazy one? It's a very important question. Because if you accept that somehow you're messed up and you're broken, 
you will not believe. Jesus spent all this time talking about believing. He said, if you can believe. If you can believe. And so the enemy's after your ability to believe. So he creates this chaos through fear, intimidation, and evil foreboding. And you live in pain. You tolerate it. You accept it. Right? And so you have this picture of the enemy's reach coming through the voice of darkness. Amen? The voice of darkness is meant to intimidate you to steal your authority. It's meant to take what the Lord said, I'm going to fill up your metron and equip you and empower you to overflow and pour out in your own life, in your marriage, in your children, breaking generational curses, not tolerating it for nothing. If it's not of God, I'm not tolerating it. Amen? I'm not tolerating it. And so, have you ever prayed? Have you ever violently prayed against your enemy? Have you ever violently prayed against fear and intimidation and pain and the chaos that the enemy brings into your life? Paul said this in Ephesians 6, we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness who come and whisper to release intimidation, to bring you in fear. And the Lord is actually awakening people in this house to judge in righteousness and to make war to cause you to recognize that you are a wisdom-filled warrior. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can hear the Holy Ghost. You get, get the answer and you actually say, Peace be still. Peace be still. Amen. Peace be still, man. I mean, all night. So, I mean, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost in the early days, man, I was messed up. I mean, I was an alcoholic. I drank three, four nights a week because of the chaos and the pain, the voices, the fear. I was bound in fear. I hate fear. Jesus said this, love what is good, hate what is evil. Is fear good or bad? So if you tolerate fear, what, are you hating it? Did you ever hear that? I give you permission. I give you the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fight against your enemies, to not tolerate it, to not take it another day, another night, to actually fight against it. Amen? Can I lead you through a prayer? You see, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Right? You have the ability to change an atmosphere by what comes out of your mouth. Amen? Say this with me. Say in the name of Jesus. Peace be still. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. I loose myself from every bond of Satan in the name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke all hindering spirits of Satan in the name of Jesus. I quench with the shield of faith. Every fiery dart the enemy sends my way. I am redeemed from the curse by the blood of Jesus. I break all curses of witchcraft, sorcery, and death in Jesus' name. I break and release myself from all curses of pride, rebellion, and dead, powerless religion. In Jesus' name, I renounce idolatry in the name of Jesus. 
I rebuke and cast out any spirit that would oppress me. Fear, leave me now. Intimidation, leave me now. Evil foreboding, leave me now. Chaos, leave me now in Jesus' name. I break all curses of schizophrenia. Come on, I break all curses of double-mindedness. I command it to go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, I bind and rebuke double-mindedness. I command every evil spirit, leave me now. Leave me now in Jesus' name. Goliath, this day, I take your head. I take authority over intimidation. Go in Jesus' name. Fear, go in Jesus' name. Heaviness, leave me now. Double-mindedness, leave me now in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, I offer up my soul. I give you my Mitron.